as uh, the pastor said, we are starting a brand new series today that I am extremely excited about um, for a bunch of different reasons, Um, namely because I get to do the whole thing. And so um, that is exciting to me. But now most importantly is that the topic that we're going to talk about is really so essential for our lives. Um, It is of the utmost importance. And if that's the case, why not dive into it and figure out what it's all about? So the series is titled, Do You Know Him? And I've put that in a question format because I want us to constantly be asking ourselves in this series and beyond, do I know him? Do I know him like I should? And I think if we continue to ask ourselves these questions, it will only prove to strengthen us, to sharpen us, and make sure that we're truly seeking after him. Now, in this pursuit to get to know him, um, we're going to go through a 10-week series. So this is going to be a long one. Um, And truth be told, when we get into knowing him, we could go on for eternity and not uh, tell it all. So 10 weeks is really quite small, but we're going to try to really get into the character of God, who he is, and we're going to dive pretty deep into some of his attributes, which I think will, will be fun for us because oftentimes when we talk about the character of God, um, we can get into some topics that people would kind of rather just ignore. We'd rather just kind of push this stuff under the rug. We don't want to pay attention to that stuff. Well, we're going to step into that and we're going to knock some walls down so that we can better understand him. A good example, how can God be perfect love and yet consistently in scripture show wrath and anger? How can those two things coexist? And so we're going to answer those questions and hopefully through it, um, we'll be able to know him better. So Today is just really the introduction to the series. So I want to just kind of tell you what we want to accomplish through the series and kind of lay a foundation that we can build on top of, which is important because we're going to have to make sure all of us are in the right frame of mind as we move forward in this series. So I'm going to try to accomplish that today. Now, before I even get into the introduction piece, I just want to make certain that all of us would agree that this pursuit is of the highest priority. The pursuit to get to know him is of the highest priority. So let me show you in scripture how this is the case. Jeremiah 9, 23, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. If you're going to boast about anything, if you're going to be proud of anything, be proud of the fact that you know your creator. That's what we're trying to accomplish in this series. Here's another one. 2 Thessalonians 1.6 says, God is just He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Now, I'm gonna take a chance here and say that none of us want to be in this category, right? None of us want to be punished by him and therefore we must grow to know him. 
And then the best example is John 17, three, where it says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. This is eternal life, that you know him. This is the difference between punishment and eternal life. And so let us dive into it with that understanding, okay? Now, I'm really just gonna kind of lay out our syllabus today for our series, but before I even do that, I've already got some homework for you guys, okay? So what I want you to do over uh, the course of the next week, I want you to go and read Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one, it's one chapter, it's 32 verses. It'll take you 10 minutes tops to read through this, but there's so much in there as it regards to the knowledge of him. And so I think this will help lay that foundation that I was talking about to make sure that we understand everything as we move forward. So write it down, put it on your calendar, whatever you gotta do, read Romans chapter one at some point this week, okay? So let's get into it. Um, Any good syllabus starts with an objective. So what are we looking to accomplish in this series? And here it is. We want to begin to know and understand God better so we can therefore properly serve and worship him. That is the objective of this series. Now, it's twofold, and so I'm gonna break it down that way. So the first part is that we would begin to know and understand God better. So let me uh, discuss this with you. So first off, there's a big difference between knowing about God and truly knowing him. Now, I hope that through this series, you guys are stretched mentally and intellectually, and I think you will be. But if that is the pursuit, simply intellectual growth, if that's the pursuit, then we're missing the point because ultimately, this needs to push us to personally know him. It's the difference between uh, my relationship with my wife and my relationship with a famous baseball player. I could tell you a lot about that famous baseball player. I could tell you stats. I could tell you strengths and weaknesses. But in no way does that compare to the relationship I have with my wife, where I can look her in the eyes and and I can express my love and I can feel it in return. I know what she stands for. I know what shapes her decisions. That is a relationship. And so I don't want to, to simply teach these things so that you know about God but I want you to dive into a deeper, richer relationship with him. Now, Romans 10.2 explains this pretty well. This is Paul. He's writing to the Romans, but he's talking about the Israelites here. And he says, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. So there's this idea of the two coming together. They're zealous for God. There's energy, there's passion, but it's not based on knowledge. So we want to bring the two together where we have this passion to know him and the knowledge and the truth together, okay? Now, what does getting to know God really involve? Because when we think about it, it's really quite complex, And so let me explain it this way, kind of this evolution of relationships in our life. So how many people have pets? You've got a dog, a cat, a fish, guinea pig, whatever the case might be. Most people have pets, yes. Now you would probably say that you know your pet pretty well. And truth be told, after just a few months, you probably know everything there is to know about that pet. You know the signs for when they need to go to the bathroom. You know what irritates them. You know the commands that they will and will not obey. You, you know 
everything there is to know about them. Now, getting to know a person, that's far more complicated, right? Because secrets are kept, insecurities, they bind us. And so you may very well spend years getting to know someone, spend years forming a relationship with somebody. And yet at the end of that, look at that person and say, I don't really know you at all. To get somebody um, and to know them intimately takes time and it takes effort. But ultimately how much you know somebody is dependent upon how much they're willing to reveal of themselves. So we're patient and we're attentive and we're available so that we can pick up new things about this person and begin to know them. Now, if we take it up even another level, if you could meet any man or woman in history, get that person in your mind right now, any man or woman in history, get that person in your mind. And if you could spend just an hour with them, just sit down face to face with them, one-on-one, what would be your approach? Now, I'd venture to say it would be one of listening rather than speaking, just soaking in every word that they have to say, leaning in in hopes that they might share more and more of themselves with you. Now, let this be our approach as we enter into this series. Let us lean in and allow him to reveal more and more of himself with us. And this is what will happen. As we get to know him better, he will reveal to us our sin and our guilt while simultaneously showing us his grace and his mercy. And he'll show us our weaknesses and our faults while showing his strength and his power. And through it, we will know him better and he will continue to draw us in. So we want to begin to know and understand God better. Why? Well, the second part of the objective is so that we can therefore properly serve and worship him. Now, this is intentionally written because I want you to understand this is not about you. This is not about you. This is about him. And so I wanna teach you these things so that you can serve him better, so that you can bring him glory because that is the point. Now, when you get to know somebody personally, there is a response to that. There is service. There is special attention paid. So let me give you this analogy that I heard recently, and I think it fits. If tomorrow morning I was at work and I was just missing my wife, I just, I'm missing her like crazy. And so I called her on the phone and I said, hey, babe, I hope you're having a good day. I'm missing you. I cannot wait to get home and look deep into your baby blue eyes and just run my hands through that dark black hair and just pick up our baby boy and hold him tight. That would mean nothing to her because she does not have blue eyes. She does not have black hair and we do not have a baby boy. It would be like me going up to somebody on the street who I've never met before. I don't know anything about him and just lavishing praise on them, just telling them how great they are. That means nothing to them because they know I don't know them. So listen, with better understanding of God comes better worship, 
comes better service, comes better adoration for who he is. So we want to begin to know and understand God better so that we can therefore properly serve and worship him, okay? So that is our objective. Hopefully that's clear. That is our objective. Now let everything that we talk about from this point forward point towards that. Now, what I wanna spend the rest of our time doing is really laying that foundation that I was talking about. The reason is, when we get into the topic of the character of God, it's just too much. It's, he's too big, he's too vast, he's too great, and we simply can't understand it. And oftentimes, our response is one of frustration. And so in order to kind of knock those walls down ahead of time, I want to get us on the same page and I want us to understand how we can get to know him better while also understanding our limitations in that pursuit, okay? So I've got three fundamental principles that I'm gonna um, go through that I hope will help knock some of those walls down and make sure we're on the same page, okay? The first one is called the doctrine of the unity of God. Now, this is as it relates to his character or his attributes, okay? The doctrine of the unity of God says this. God is not divided into parts. His attributes aren't divided into pieces and parts, yet we do see different attributes of God expressed at different times. So the scripture never singles out one of his attributes as greater than the other. It never does that. Every attribute is completely true of God and it is completely true of all of who he is. So first John begins to explain this when it says, God is light. A couple of chapters later, it says, God is love. He is not partly light and partly love. He himself is light. He himself is love. So he is not this collection of various attributes, much like you and I are, right? If you know me well enough, you could probably put a pie chart up that would be pretty accurate to my attributes, right? 5% knowledge and 5% strength and on and on and on. You could fill that out pretty accurately. That is not the case with God. God's whole being includes all of his attributes. So he is entirely loving. He is entirely merciful. He is entirely just. And that is true of all of who he is. Now, admittedly, that is very hard to comprehend. But it doesn't take away from the truth. That is who he is. Now, it's important that we remember this as we move forward. It's important that we remember there's not one single attribute that's greater than the others. As we move forward in the series, let's remember that. Now, that's the first principle. Second principle is called the categories of traits. So we can... Uh, put his traits into two main categories, okay? So the first one would be his incommunicable traits. And that is simply traits that you and I as human beings can less relate to. So a couple of examples. His independence. He is completely independent, completely self-existent. He wasn't created. He doesn't need anything or anyone. He is completely independent. Now that is obviously different from us 
since he created us and we need him for life and sustainability, okay? So we can less relate to that. Another one would be his omnipresence. He is everywhere, all at once. Obviously, we cannot relate to that. So his incommunicable traits. The other would be his communicable traits. And these are traits that we can more relate to. Now, I emphasize more because obviously he is still at a much higher level, but they're traits that we can relate to. For instance, knowledge. We all have a certain level of knowledge in this room. It doesn't compare to God's, but we can begin to relate to that. His moral attributes, his love, his grace, his mercy, his peace, we can begin to relate to those things because he created us that way. Now, as we move forward in this series, we will be um, talking about characteristics that fall into both of these sections, which I think is cool because what will happen is we'll be reminded of just how vast and how great and how big he is. And yet at the same time, we'll be reminded that we were made in his likeness and that we can relate to him. And so I think that's a cool juxtaposition that we'll see as we move forward, okay? So uh, doctrine of the unity of God, the categories of traits, and then number three is the knowability of God. Now, this is probably the most important for us to not necessarily understand, but to accept. And, And I'll explain that as we move forward. The knowability of God says this, because God is infinite, while we are finite, limited beings, we simply cannot fully understand him. It's just not possible. Now, this theme is riddled throughout the book of Psalms, and so let me give you a few examples of this. Psalm 145.3, it says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. When talking about the Lord's knowledge, Psalm 139.6 says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So not only can we not understand him fully, we can't even understand one single attribute of his. It's just too much. Now, this all culminates pretty well in Isaiah 55, 9, where it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Somehow we have to accept that. Now, that can be frustrating. That can be frustrating because you and I like to comprehend things. We like to grasp We like to wrap our minds around something and digest it that way. That's fulfilling for us. And in this case, it's simply not possible. So yes, while it is frustrating, I want to remind you, it's really beautiful that we will never run out of new things to learn about him. That we can forever delight in discovering more and more of who he is. In fact, as we spend eternity with him, we will be growing in the knowledge of who he is constantly. Let this be in the forefront of our minds, not just so that our actions follow, but so that we can be reminded just how worthy of praise and glory he is. Now, the good news as it relates to the knowability of God is while we can't fully understand him, we can truly understand him. And this is the distinction. 
He has given us the ability to know everything we need to know about him as it relates to this life and the life to come. So he has given us the ability, the information, the knowledge to know everything we need to know as it relates to um, salvation, as it relates to spiritual growth. We can know all these things. And through that, we will know him truly. We will know the truth about his love, about his grace, about his mercy. He has given us that ability. And that is our pursuit, that we would grow to know him truly. So as Psalms 139.17 puts it this way, how precious to me are your thoughts, God, yet how vast the sum of them are. So we want to be reminded how precious his thoughts are, and we want to seek and pursue them while also being reminded that they're too much for us to grasp and see the beauty in that, okay? Now, at this point, I think it's important to reiterate, kind of get back on track here, that the more and more he reveals himself to us, the more we get acquainted with his thoughts and with his ways, we are not simply learning about him, but we are getting to know him, the one true God. And this is attainable. To get to know him truly is very clear in scripture. When it says things like, this is eternal life, that they know you, It says that the son of God came so that we may understand that we can know the one who is true. Getting to know him truly is attainable and that's what we want to seek. That is what we want to seek, a personal relationship with our God. That's one where we pray to him and he hears us. That's one where he speaks to us through his word where we commune with him and we can feel his presence, where we can praise him for who he truly is, that is what a personal relationship begins to look like with our God. Now, in all of these things, as we learn and as we grow, there should always be a response. And the proper response in this case is that we need to meditate on these things. We need to think on these things. We need to pray on these things. Much like Moses said to the Israelites when he first rolled out the covenant law, he said, talk about these things as you're walking down the road, as you're eating dinner, as you're going to bed. Talk about them, think on them so that you might get the clarity that you need. Now, that process might be one where we deal with some internal strife and argument that has to be hashed out in the scripture. And that might be one where we fight to stay focused on God, but let us pursue it so that we might get to know him. You might be thinking even right now, listen, I know him pretty well. I've spent years and years getting to know him. But let me remind you, pride can so easily blind us And so while you might be able to rip off scriptures that you learned as a child, do you really know the one whose revelation is within? You might be able to rip off your conversion story with the best of them, but do you really know the one who saved you? And despite our efforts, he's still just a stranger to many of us. Titus 1.16 says this, they claim to know God, but by their actions, 
they deny him. Now, if you don't know him, that's fine. In fact, good, you're in the right place. In fact, when the disciples first met Jesus, they didn't know him. They didn't know who this man was. They certainly didn't know his character or what formed his decisions. They didn't know him. But I wanna show you their response when they first met him. Matthew 4.18 says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. Jesus found two more disciples and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Now, over the course of three or so years, they would begin to know Jesus more and more and he would reveal himself to them, so much so that they would become the first leaders of the church. So, if you don't know him, that's fine. But it's time to drop your nets and immediately follow him as he reveals himself to us in this series. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to worship you today. I ask that you would continue to open up our hearts and our minds as we receive your words, as we get to know you better. And we ask now that you would reveal more and more and more of yourself to us so that we can step into a personal relationship with you, that we can begin to know you truly and therefore spend eternal life in your presence, Lord. Lord, be with us as we leave here today. Ask that you would keep your hand of protection upon us. Bring us back safely next week as we continue this pursuit to get to know you. And we thank you for it. We give you all the glory and all of the honor. In Jesus' name.